1 through 27. So this is Paul writing to the church in Corinth, um, which was a mess, by the way, and uh, he's trying to help them as best he can. Um, and this is one of those one of those little sections that this I love this. I got some stuff to say, by the way. But first, let's listen to Paul because I wouldn't have anything to say without him. So let's do this. Chapter 12, 1 through 27. Now, about spiritual gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all people. Now, to each one, a manifestation of the Spirit has been given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit the message of wisdom. To another, the message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit, to another, gifts of healing, by that one Spirit. Are you catching a theme here? To another, miraculous powers, and I think because parchment is so expensive and his hand got tired, he's just decided, I think they got the idea about the Spirit. I'm just going to list the gifts now. To another, miraculous powers, to another, prophecy, to another, distinguishing between spirits, to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, and still to another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of the one, one and the same Spirit. And he gives them to each one, just as he determines. The body is a unit, though it is made up of many parts. And though all its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one Spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free. We were all given the one Spirit to drink. Now... The body is not made up of one part, but of many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I don't belong to the body, it would not for that reason cease to be a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? Also, a big giant ears walking around would look weird. But in fact, God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. The eye can't say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head can't say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be the weaker are indispensable. And the parts we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no such treatment. But God has combined the members of the body and has given greater honor to the parts that have lacked it. So that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. Now, you, you are the body of Christ 
And each one of you is a part of it. We'll go that far. I think Paul was preaching there. Don't you? That's so good. Like, I feel like, why do I need to say anything? Because this is one of those things that's so rich and so big and so beautiful. Uh, but since I'm a pastor and it's my job and I, my ego's too big, uh, I'm going to say some things about it. Is that okay? So Paul said, thanks. I love it. So there are many different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit, the body, is a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, and though its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. So we have been talking about the spirit. And last week we talked about how the spirit, if, by the way, if you, if you weren't here last week, uh, I encourage you to just go, go to YouTube and listen to last week's because it sort of connects uh, to this week. Not sort of, it connects to this week. And I think it's important. I think, I think what we talked about last week was, was pretty vital and pretty crucial. Um, but I'm going to give a little mini synopsis for you anyway, uh, right now. So we were talking about Pentecost. We were talking about when the Spirit came to those Jesus people as they all gathered together in one place. Suddenly the blowing, like that of a violent wind, came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And Luke tells us that they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. Each of them. The Spirit, it was like a tongues of fire and they separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. So we talked about that story. We talked about how the church isn't the church without the Spirit. Right? Are we paying attention to that presence in the room that is always available to us? Are we paying attention to that dove sitting on our shoulders, because if we paid attention to that dove always sitting on our shoulders, that, well, that would change things, wouldn't it? In fact, it would change everything. We, we talked about how this spirit creates a peculiar kind of community that experiences unity within great diversity, right? out of the chaos that is in this room. <laughs> no offense. Out of the chaos that is in this room, the chaos of all the different personalities and thoughts and feelings and beliefs and unbeliefs, uh, the Spirit creates something. All, here we are. We are all here. The presence of Jesus through the Spirit is what makes us church. And the presence, the dove on our shoulders, allows us in our diversity to do some really peculiar things in the world, like we're about to do this week. We're going to do something very peculiar. Right? We're not doing it for ourselves. We're doing it to benefit somebody else. It's peculiar. In our diversity, the Spirit of God allows us to do something very peculiar together, right? So, and I love, and I did this a little bit last week. I'm going to do it again this week because it bears repeating again and again and again and again. I'm going to connect this to the creation story because I think the creation story is one of those foundational stories that if we really lived into it, uh, could change a lot of how we live our lives. 
All right, so I'm going to connect this. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. So there was this sort of chaotic cosmic muck. We don't know what it was, but, but the Bible says that the Spirit of God was hovering all over that, hovering over the face of the waters. And then God spoke. God said, let there be light. God spoke, breathed out, said, the Spirit, the wind was blowing. Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light and saw that it was good. And then God said, and it was so, and it was good. And then God said, and it was so, and it was Good, so that we can say about the Spirit that the Spirit is generative, the Spirit is creative. The Spirit generates things, it creates things, it transforms things, its presence is that, His presence is that powerful among us. Right? Now, here we are with Paul talking about how the Spirit creates, puts together this, this new thing, this thing called the body. Of Christ. He says, though the body is a unit, it is made up of many parts. And we were all given the one spirit to drink. You ever had a computer die? Anybody ever have a computer die? Like a laptop or a desktop? Doesn't matter. Like, have you ever taken the thing apart? Anybody? Like, next time you have a computer die, just rip the thing apart. We love to do this in our house. Like, we'll go down to the basement and we'll rip the thing apart. Sometimes it takes a hammer because those things are put together hard, right? Take the thing apart. It's absolutely amazing. You rip the computer apart and you're instantly blown away by all the tiny little intricate parts and pieces that make up a computer. And in fact, if you take out like the circuitry, I don't even know if it is circuitry. That's just what I call it. And if you look at it at a certain angle, it looks like a space age city. It looks like something out of Star Wars. It's pretty cool. So do it. You'll see what I mean. And if you look at all these parts and pieces, it immediately blows you away. Because first of all, there's not that much in there. Like you would think there would be way more stuff in there, but it's not. There's all this tiny little stuff and all of it works together to make a computer a computer and do the, all the amazing things that we love and now count on computers to do for us. Just open it up. It all works together. It makes a computer. And it's just, it'll blow you away. I promise you. But here's the deal. A computer is nothing, absolutely nothing, when compared to the miracle that is the human body. So this week, I googled, I used my computer <laughs> to learn some things about the human body. Can we talk? We're, Paul's talking about the body, and it's the body that he compares us, the church. He compares the church to to a body. So let's talk about the human body and the miracle that is the human body. Are you ready to go? Are you ready to do this with me? This is fun. So listen to this. During the hour that we're together between 10 and 11 o'clock in the morning doing worship, um, your lungs will breathe in and out nearly a thousand times. Wowzers. A thousand times. Your lungs will inhale over the course of a day 21,000 thousand pints of air. That's a lot of air. And we don't even recognize that it's happening. We don't even realize it. We're just sitting in a chair, singing some songs, talking to one another. We're just checking email. We're texting. We're doing dishes. We're doing laundry. We're cleaning up the living room. We're mowing the lawn. We're doing whatever it is we're doing, all the while our lungs just go to work. Your heart will beat 100,000 times in one day. 
100,000 times. Over the course of your lifetime, over 1 million barrels of blood will be pumped through your body. That's a lot of blood. Our blood will travel over 12,000 miles in 24 hours. Think about that. We used to live in West Michigan, about 550 miles from here. It would take us eight hours to drive from there to here, from here to there. Like we made that trip so many times, eight hours, 550 miles. Your blood will travel 12,000 miles in a 24-hour period. Did you know that a sneeze causes air to gush out of your body at over 100 miles an hour? What? The human eye can see up to one million different colors. I'm about to drop a bomb on you. In your lifetime, you will make enough saliva to fill two swimming pools. Oh, that's so gross. Let me just say that one again, because I want you to picture it. (laughs) In your lifetime, you will produce enough spit to fill two swimming pools. Every month, you will grow an entire new layer of skin. An average person will shed 105 pounds of skin in your lifetime. You thought snakes were gross. You're way worse. 105 pounds of skin. How about this one? There are more living organisms living on your body right now in this moment than there are people in the world. (laughs) (laughs) Our bodies, they're amazing. They're, They're miraculous. They are mysterious. They are so diverse. They're complex and they are absolutely beautiful. Oh my goodness. And perhaps the most incredible thing about the human body is how all the different parts work together in order to make your body your body, in order to make all the different things happen that your body makes happens. Every part is important. Every part has its place and every part relies on all the other parts to make the things happen that you need to have happen in the right way. And that is what Paul compares us, the church, to. Right? Now you, you are the body, right? Each one of you is a part of it. You are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So here's what I think Paul is saying. Hear me now. If you want to find community, if you want to find a place where you fit in, if you want to find a place to belong, if you want to find a place where you're not the odd person out, Paul says, this is the place for you. Let's just be honest about it. Not always the case. Paul, like, we haven't been very good at this. No, we've sort of failed at this. But I think what Paul is saying is if you want to find community, You want to find a place where you're going to fit like a body together? You want to find a place where you belong? You want to find a place where you're not the odd person out? This, right here. 
This is the place for you. And all of that is made possible. Why? Because of the presence in the room. Because of the dove on our shoulders. The spirit makes it happen. For we were all given one spirit to drink. Now, Paul says some things about this spirit. And one of the things he says about this spirit is that this spirit, the presence in the room, the dove on our shoulders, actually gives gifts. And that word gift comes from the same word where we get the word grace. Gift, grace, it's sort of the same. The spirit just graces us with grace. Graces us with gifts. Gives us gifts. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. Different kinds of gifts. So here we have this idea of diversity again. Remember last week, we talked about diversity. Here we have this idea of diversity. Again, different kinds of gifts. Only this kind of diversity isn't just by, by happenstance, which is, by the way, the first time I've ever used that word in a sermon, and I'm proud of it. So this time, this diversity is on purpose. Right? This time, this diverse, and now this diversity is associated with this word gift. So... This diversity is a gift of the Spirit. It's divinely designed diversity. Say that five times fast. Divinely designed diversity. So this is diversity on purpose. Now, if we read this letter carefully, we can sort of piece together what was happening uh, in the background and some of the things that were happening in uh, this early church. And apparently... Uh, some of the people in the church in Corinth recognized that this diversity was happening, and they started to wonder to themselves whether or not uh, some of the gifts of the Spirit were better than others, because we human beings love to rank things. Do we not? I was listening the morning after the Raptors won the NBA championship. I was listening to them discuss where that ranked, uh, where that Raptors team ranked among all the NBA champion of the past, and they were ranking them like towards the bottom. Why do we have to rank things? Like they just won the championship. Let them enjoy it. But we do. There's something inside of us. We love to rank things. And perhaps they even began to elevate some people with certain kinds of gifts. And that causes all kinds of problems because some people can get jealous Right? Some people are like, well, I don't have that gift. I wish I had that gift, but I don't have that gift, so I, I guess maybe I don't, I don't matter quite as much. And maybe some people in that context were sort of shrinking back, and they didn't live into this thing that we call the body of Christ. Right? And so people began to fight, and they began to argue about things like status and position as they were grasping for power within this early church, this early community. So Paul comes to them and says, no, 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 no. You are all part of the body. Every one of you is part of the body, and every single part is just as important as every other part. That's what this whole business of eyes and ears and hands and feet and nose and sense of smell and hearing and seeing, that's what this is all about. God has arranged the parts of the body, Paul says, every one of them just as he wanted them to be. He's like not mincing words. He's saying it straight and plain. God has arranged the parts of the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. Every part is as important as others. 
as all the others, this is divinely designed diversity. It's diversity on purpose, and it all works together. Every part is just as important as every other part. I'm a fan of Harry Connick Jr. Anybody else? Love Harry Connick Jr. I used to listen to him way more than I, than I do now. But apparently when Harry Connick Jr. was young, when he was sort of first like bursting onto the scene and making a name for himself, apparently he liked to end all of his concerts in a certain way. He would have all of his, he plays with a big band. Are you familiar with Harry Connick? If not, just go on Spotify. He's, he's got this big band, uh, old school jazz. It's just beautiful. He would ask them to leave the stage at the end for the big finale, and he would, they would leave their instruments behind. And then the big finale at the end of the show is Harry would go to each and every instrument left on the stage, and he would play this long, drawn-out solo because he could play every single instrument. And all the people in the crowd would stand up and go wild and nuts because he could play every instrument like a master instrumentalist. And it was fantastically amazing and awesome. But you know what happened to Harry? He grew up. He matured. And he realized that while awesome, probably wasn't a good look. Probably even may have caused some division among his big band without whom he probably wouldn't be where he was. So he made a switch. The big finale at the end of his show was he would let each instrumentalist show off their abilities because all of them were absolutely amazing and they would all play big, long, drawn-out solos. And Renee and I went to a concert oh, 20 years ago maybe at Stevens Auditorium. I'll never forget it. During the big finale at the end of the show, you know what Harry would do? Harry would go around to each of the instrumentalists while they were playing their long solo and he would dance like a freaking maniac and he would yell at them and he would encourage them and he would tell everybody, this is so-and-so, how amazing are they? And everybody in the whole place would be like going crazy because it was awesome and the whole stage was full of instrumentalists that were amazing. And you know what Harry became in that moment? Harry became a picture of the Holy Spirit. Oh, empowering, encouraging, recognizing all of the different gifts on the stage. Every part is as important as every other. So when we take time during worship to recognize people who serve in nursery, who serve at Renew Kids, at Renew Kids Club, to people who do sound, to people who sing, to people who do hospitality, to people who greet, to people who do whatever. When we take time in worship, all we're doing is we are recognizing that every part of this body is absolutely just as important as every other part. And we celebrate that together. That's why we take time in worship to do that. And I know that y'all don't like it. Right? You're reluctant to stand. When I say, will you stand if you do this? You're like halfway up. You don't like it. You're thinking to yourself. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, I'm just a hand doing my hand thing. Like I'm just a foot doing my foot thing. It's what feet do. It's what hands do. It's what elbows do. You're just doing your thing. And you don't want that recognition. You're just doing your thing. Well, here's what I'm going to say to you. Thank God for hands. Are you grateful for your hands? How about your feet? Are you grateful for all the different parts of your body? 
Yes. Thank God for the Spirit. Thank God for the diversity, the divinely designed diversity that we have up in this place. Oh my goodness. Each part is just as important as the others. So let us celebrate you, please. Stand up. Be like, I'm a hand. Thank you for saying thank you. Now next we have a question to ask. I think it's a very important question. Can I get personal on you? Is that okay? Nobody's shaking their heads no, but nobody's saying yes. <laughs> We're going to get personal. What gift do you bring? What gift do you bring to this place? What gift do you bring to the world? This is not just about here. What gift or gifts do you bring to the world? Because the gifts of the Spirit aren't just for a few. The gifts of the Spirit are for all of us, all of you. The gifts, what does Paul say to a couple of you? The manifestation of the Spirit has been given to a few of you. He says, to each one, a manifestation of the Spirit is given. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that came and separated and came to rest on each of them. Each one is given a manifestation of the Spirit. So what gifts do you bring? What gift? to this place? What gift do you bring to the world? I want you to consider right here, right now, in this moment, that the Spirit is more available to you than you've ever dreamed, than you've ever thought possible before. I want you to consider right now in here, in this moment, that the Spirit is an actual dove resting on your shoulder. Can you feel it? I want you to consider that the Spirit has given you gifts. I want you to consider the fact that God has said to you something like this. You are a gift. You are a gift. And I have gifted you. You are the one in whom I will live by my spirit. You are the one in whom I will manifest myself in this church, and in this world. You are the one through whom I will work in this church and in the world. You are the one through whom I will manifest myself, make myself known, make myself visible here in this church and into the world, which means you matter. Your life, your personality, all your quirks, all your flaws, it all matters. You, what gift do you bring to this community? What gift do you bring to the world? What gift? Think about it. Maybe you're thinking, I don't know. That's okay. If you don't know your gift, that's okay. I want you to think about it. I want you to pray about it. And then I want you to ask some people about it. Ask, ask the people who are sitting around you. Ask the people you know and love and whom you trust. Ask them, what gift might God have given me 
for this place and to bring into the world. Ask your pod, or if, you, if your pod is new and you don't quite know each other well enough, then ask them in a couple of months, what gift will you help me with this? Right? Because in my experience, the body knows the body. Like we could do one of those spiritual gift inventories, you know the ones I'm talking about, where you go online, you answer a whole bunch of questions and out spits out a magical, a magical list of abilities that you have and you should lean into them now. Those are good and helpful. But in my experience, the more and more, the more I do this, the more I recognize that the body knows the body. This is my hand. I know this. I know this is my hand. We know the body knows the body. Here's the deal. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today if it weren't for multiple people telling me, you should be a pastor. You should think about being a pastor. You should lean into this because you have these gifts. I would not be doing what I'm doing today. In fact, I know I wouldn't because I expressly said to everybody who asked me, oh no, I'm not doing that. But the body knows the body. Right? So just ask. Okay. So here's the last thing I want to say. I think the Spirit gives different kinds of gifts to people because the Spirit is assuming you'll do something with it. I think the Spirit gives different kinds of gifts because the Spirit is assuming you're actually going to do something with it. Paul says, now to each one, a manifestation of the Spirit has been given so you can feel good about yourself. Nope. To each one, a manifestation of the Spirit has been given so you can stand up in front of everybody and say, look at me. To each one, a manifestation of the Spirit has been given for what? For the common good. Oh, it's so good. To each one, a manifestation of the Spirit has been given for the common good. There's a story about Igor Stravinsky that goes a little something like this. So Igor Stravinsky was... Uh, was considered one of the best composers of his generation. He liked to write really, really hard passages that he'd put in his music. And one time he wrote this passage that was so difficult that a, that a master violinist came to him and said, you're crazy, nobody can play that. To which Igor Stravinsky replied, I don't want the sound of someone playing it. I want the sound of someone trying to play it. What kind of music has God composed for you to play? You might be thinking right here, right now, that no, no, that's too hard. That's too tough. Maybe there's fear associated with some things that you might be feeling God calling you to use, to use the gifts that you've been given. And you're thinking, well, maybe God does that intentionally. Maybe God does that intentionally so that you actually have to be like, God, help me out here. So that we actually have to rely on God showing up to make it happen. What gift have you been given? And will you actually use it? Will you actually step out in faith? What gift have you been given for here? For the world? Because the body's a unit. Though it is made up of many parts, just look around you. And though its parts are many, they form one body. So it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit into one body, whether Jews or Greeks or slave or free, 
We were all given the one spirit to drink. Now that you know that, what are you going to do with it? Let's pray. God, thank you for, for your word. Uh, thank you for your present spirit among us. Thank you for, for all the ways in which you've gifted us. We, we are intensely grateful for, for all the people in this room to whom each one of us you've given gifts. And we pray, God, that you would, that you would reveal those things to us. So that we might be able to lean into those things so that the body can become even healthier and more robust so that the body might even grow and produce and partner with you at doing whatever it is that you're doing in the world. God, speak to us. Help us speak to others. Lean into the body so that the body can help us figure out what kind of part am I here and what might God be calling me to? Speak to us now. Don't, don't let us just hear these things from Paul. Don't let us just feel a nudge from you, Spirit, and then just sort of drop it. Help us to talk to somebody about it. Help us to lean into it. Help us to, help us to lean into whom you've created us to be. Do whatever it is you need to do inside of us, oh God. In this moment, right here, right now, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please stand. Let's sing.